Ballad of a Bird, written by Adrian Prater. Picture a scene, if you can, if you will, of a lake in a park with a tree on a hill, of dew on green grass and the smell of spring showers, of birds and small insects visiting flowers. There's a girl by the lake who makes not a sound as a tear from her cheek gently falls to the ground. With her head in her hands and by the way that she stands, it's easy to tell that all is not well. By the tree on the hill, a man slowly appears. He too, it would seem, is in tears. What happened here? What caused this scene? Was he jealous or angry? Was she mean? Why are they standing so far apart? So much in common, well, the tears for a start. Yet a rift, it would seem, has occurred in this scene, a chasm betwixt and between. He turns to go, she sees him, calls. He looks round, staggers, falls. She starts to run up the long steep hill, her arms outstretched, but he is still. He has not moved since he staggered and fell, all is not well. What will she find when she gets to the top? But I'm sorry to say that there we must stop. The scene that awaits where she kneels at his side is one that for now we must hide. Let us retreat to some time before and to another place we cannot ignore. A woodman's cottage in a dark green wood, reminiscent of Red Riding Hood. But as we drift through the trees toward the light of the sill, this cottage has a different feel. No big bad wolf, no evil here. A sense of well-being, not of fear. We smell the wood smoke rise from the fire. It looks cosy inside, inviting and drier, for outside a mist is beginning to form, and as trees become ghosts, we go into the warm. Inside the small cottage, a woman sits, and by the light of a fire, she carefully knits. A girl appears. It's the one from the lake. She seems happy, light-hearted, there's no mistake. Let us sit here a while and warm our cheek as we listen to them speak. Mama, dearest Mama, spring is here. Twill soon be summer. That's true, my love. The blossom's on the trees and you can smell new grass in the breeze. It's market day tomorrow and we have pies to sell. But that's not all that's on your mind. Well? You always said... What did I say, my heart? You said when winter's over, perhaps I could start... Start what, my dear? Mama, you know. It's true, I do know. So? Well, can I? Can I? Can I go? And to that, my dear, the answer is... Yes. Her mother laughs and nods her head and agrees to send her daughter tomorrow instead. Let's visit the town where this market takes place. Look. Businesses, shops, it's the usual face of a large shire town with its tall church spire, above a gilded organ and chapel choir. But let's look a bit closer. 
beneath that smooth facial skin and see what really lies within. Industrial parklands border factory shops, selling plastic clothes and lollipops. A livid green river snakes through like the sticks, choked with shopping trolleys, crisp packets and old broken bricks. Large estates of identical houses surround shopping centres full of shops selling things for a pound. The population walk round in a half-state, a dream. No zest for life, no strawberries or cream. Those at work do so in a state of despair, with a sense of existence beyond hope and prayer. Get up, feed the kids, go to work, come home, feed the kids, watch the telly, give the dog a bone. Go to sleep facing the other wall. No love here, no love at all. Same thing tomorrow and the day after that. That's life in the rat race, when you're a rat. But one more thing before we set sail along Destiny's bumpy trail something different. Not the usual thing. A house much bigger than most. Fit for a king with imposing statues either side of a gate. A drive lined with trees counting seven or eight which lead to a door higher than most made of ancient carved oak with a wrought iron post. A door knocker featuring a hideous face, some creature vile and debased. Buttresses shore up a west-facing wall. Ivy smothers a tower as tall as anything else in this town which cowers in the shadow of these visible powers. For here lives Conrad. Lord Conrad, indeed. A monstrous young man, famed for his greed. The town's young ruler, whose word, rules, whims and impulses are simply absurd. But he is also a young man whom no one dares cross. For simply put, he's the boss. His father before him, his grandfather before that, controlled the town and grew fat. Jealously guarding their self-proclaimed right, imposing their will with all of their might, and living in luxury while others starved. A wonderfully self-serving niche was carved. Perhaps now we can see how naive was Ruth's spin on this city of sin. So let's wend our way back to the house in the trees, where Ruth, counting sheep jumping fences in threes, is trying to sleep but cannot for she's far too excited. Her thoughts, hopes and dreams totally ignited by the chance of being out with no chaperone, a grown-up, respected, aloof, alone. Wondering the market in a beautiful dress, with all her best jewellery, it would be bound to impress. She just can't wait, the expectation is killing. Tomorrow is going to be simply thrilling. Ruth's mother, Naomi, frowns and ponders upon the decision she's made. Is it right? She wonders. She's such a young thing and pretty to boot. Who knows what mischief may be afoot when that innocent young girl enters the fray. Oh Lord, please don't let her stray from the path I've taught her and she knows is right. Let her heed my warnings and follow the light. Not like her cousin a few years before, whose name we do not mention this side of my door, who left one bright morning so full of promise and ran off with a baker's apprentice called Thomas, never to be heard of again in these parts, save on the lips of fast women and tarts. But no, not my Ruth. There's more to that girl. She is my beautiful angel, my little pearl. 
trust her implicitly. Every last inch. She knows her mind. She won't even flinch. Both toss and turn in their beds through the night. One sick with worry, the other with delight. Now, there's probably one person we should meet at this juncture. The man by the tree whose heart Ruth will puncture. It's young David, poor soul, her childhood admirer, who's never had the courage to speak his desire. How does he look, you may ask, this bloke? Well, he's, he's tall and has muscles of solid oak. With an honest face and a ready smile, he wears rustic clothes in the country style. He would offer her the world on a plate if he could, but his meagre subsistence eked out in the wood gives him barely enough to feed him and his mum, so these days he's often rather glum. It's morning, the cocks crowed, the mist is dispersing. Ruth's up in her bedroom, busily rehearsing the comments she'll make to passers-by who stop to admire her cakes and try to woo her as they're bound to do with love tokens and poses well overdue to a girl from the woods whose expectation is heightened from her sense of isolation. Her Sunday dress is on, her gloves and hat, stockings, shoes, earrings, hair in a plait. She gulps down her breakfast and is out of the door, heedless of warnings of what could be in store. Don't play games with strange men, I said. That sort of thing can mess with your head. Her mother calls after her shrinking form before finally retreating back into the warm, shaking her head and hoping her daughter will really try to do as she ought to. The road to town is a bit of a mess, full of mud and leaves that might spoil her dress. Ruth tiptoes along in her dainty shoes, brushing off any dirt that accrues. Wood pigeons flutter in the trees overhead. A fox stops and stares on his way home to bed. An owl hoots from a distant glade. A squirrel dashes into the shade. But Ruth doesn't notice the woodland call. Doesn't smell the air. Can't feel its pull. But who's this we see ahead in the road? A young man bearing a heavy load. He has sticks collected to feed his mother's fire. Hungry for fuel when the weather is dire to ease her aching bones and keep her warm during this week's promised storm. Morning, Ruth. Struth, where are you going dressed like that and smiling like a Cheshire cat? I'm going to market. Not that you need to know. I was only asking. But market's not till later. So? I need to get there early to get the best deals. Where's your mother? At home, kicking her heels. I'm old enough now to go on my own. Do you want me to come with you? No, I'm going alone. But there's dangers out there, uh, and wily men. Ooh, I hope so. I'm looking forward to meeting them. But, but... Oh, go home, David. Go home to your mother. You're so funny, really. Like a big brother. But no one must see us together like this, or I shall never get my first kiss. Run along now and I'll see you anon, if I come back at all later on. But Ruth, Ruth, what on earth can you mean, talking like that? It, it's obscene. Oh, hush now, David, I'm only joking. Yes, but you're so provoking. You know I don't mean it. I love you best. Now seriously, run along and stop being a pest. All right, but you take care, you hear? I'll be waiting for you, Ruth. Dear, she shouldn't go there. It's just not right. Her mother shouldn't let her out of her sight. 
Anyway, what's there in town that she can't find round here? It's all just the same under a thin veneer. They just have stupid names like Crispin and Niles and have congenital diseases like, like, like big ears and piles. The trees begin to thin. The grass disappears. The walls become higher and seem to grow ears. The bright lights of town flicker ahead. Yellow, green, orange and red. The sounds of buses, trains and cars. And people still spilling out of last night's bars. Ruth makes her way through the early morning light. Slower now. More cautious. But alright. I can do this. I've been here with Mama before. There are no wolves or demons behind each door. She steals herself and holds her head high, taking confident steps to show nothing's awry. A gent approaches. Hello, my dear. You look lost. Ruth gives him an eye full of frost and turns her head as she marches past, determined not to be harassed. Let me give you a hand with your heavy basket. My, it smells good. I wish that cover didn't mask it. Is it a pie, I wonder? Or some loaves of bread? Why don't you come and play with me instead? We could play cards in me rooms. Perhaps gin roomy. And we could lay the cards out on your pretty tummy. We could see how quickly you can shuffle my pack. <laughs> I bet you'll soon get the knack. And have some friends who'd like you. We could go and play with them. Gosh, you really are a little gem. Uh, but don't let me keep you. I see you're on a mission. I'll go back over here and resume my position. Ruth breathes a sigh in mortal relief, thankful to have come to no grief. She gathers herself and presses on, any illusion of safety gone. Shopkeepers turn signs and roll blinds. Dog walkers walk dogs of different kinds. Mothers walk children to school in a gaggle, a hotchpotch of coats, bags and snot in a straggle. Factory workers shuffle past in cheap grey coats smoking strong cigarettes and clearing their throats. Hello, Ruth. Hello. Where's your mum? Back home. You here alone to earn a cramp? I'm old enough. I never said you weren't. I'm selling all our pies, except the ones I burnt. Burnt your pies? How come you did that? I got a bit excited, forgot where I was at, when Mama said I could come to the market alone. Well, you're a big girl now, fully grown. But you be careful today, you hear? City folks aren't always what they seem, I fear. Don't you worry about me or my health. I'm quite capable of looking after myself. I hope so, my dear. Now, if you need any help, just holler or yelp. Ruth sets about displaying her pies with a cover of muslin to discourage the flies. She puts up her sign, two guineas a slice, plum, beef, apple, all very nice and settles to wait for some clients to call and purchase some wares from her pretty stall. She nibbles dreamily on a pie full of mints, picturing being swept off her feet by a prince. Meanwhile, on the far side of the market square, Conrad arrives with a friend, an unsavoury pair. They swagger and scuff as they walk along, throwing insults and mocking the gathered throng. Hey, you there! Me, sir? Yes, you with the face. What can I do for you, sir? Your stall, you lowlife. It's an utter disgrace. I- I'm sorry, sir. So you should be. My wife's been ill. Ha! But I can't afford medicine. Not a single pill. What's that got to do with this stale chat? I've had no time for fishing. No time to go out. 
Honestly, your lordship, I'm not being obtuse. I've no wish to offend. It's not an excuse. Well, what is it then? Hurry, you're wasting my time. Well, if I can't sell my old stock, I I can't pay the rent. Well, you can't sell that with its disgusting scent. But if we're out of the street, then my wife, she would die. Ask your landlord for leniency. You may as well try. Well, you're my landlord. Please, give me some slack. Don't be ridiculous. Go home and pack and take this fish with you. You're lowering the tone. Go on, be off with you. Get back to your crone. Now, faithful psychic, <laughs> time for some beer. Oh, OK. Is there a pub near? There, over yonder, other side of the square. But it'll take us ages to get over there. There's so many people. Yes, the smell is disgusting. Still, all we need is a little adjusting. My bullwhip usually does the trick. Oh, go on, comrade. Give him a flick. Don't call me comrade when we're out on the street. It's Lord Conrad, you hear? Be more discreet. I don't want these ruffians thinking me weak by over-familiarity from your stupid beak. Sorry, Con. Uh, Lord Conrad. It just slipped out. Won't happen again. Better not, or you'll get a clout. The bullwhip is out and Conrad poses. The crowd parts like the Red Sea with Moses. Out of my way, you vile proles. Stay well back. Yeah, do as he says or we'll attack. There's the pub, Lord Conrad. I can see the sign. The Thirsty Ferret. Good beers and wine. And pub food available from seven till nine. Why? Sends a tingle down my spine. Maybe they'll sell pickled eggs. And dry-roasted nuts. God knows what that'll do to your guts. Come on, you dope. Let's cover this ground. Last one in there gets the first round. Conrad saunters through the parted throng. His grinning sidekick tags along. But before they quite reach the pub's open door... Hold up. We've not seen you before. (laughs) At least not round here without your mum when you were still sucking your little thumb. But my, you've grown up in so many ways. A very much more interesting face. And such a pretty little country frock. Are you all right, my lovely? Ruth swoons. She's in shock. Shut up, you know. You stand well clear. Come, have some water, my dear. My pies. My good friend here will guard your stall. Eh? Right, stay here and don't eat them all. about my beer? Dying of thirst. You'll have your beer, but you'll earn it first. And the pickled egg? What pickled egg? I was going to have one with my beer. Excuse me, everyone. Just come over here. If you mention pickled eggs again or stall me any further, I swear to God I'm going to commit murder. The tavern is full of smoke and noise. Ruth's head is spinning. Meet the boys! Good morning, your lordship. First one's on me. I'll be back in a minute. Uh, Just going for a pee. What are you telling me that for? I don't need to know that. Just being social, having a chat. Well, keep your socialising to yourself, you're mad. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. Don't pee on your shoe and wash your hands, you swine. I could pee on my hands, that would save time. Right, come on, you two, you've had enough. Well, it's not even ten o'clock in the morning. Tough. Right, now, your lordship, what'll it be? Well, she'll have some uh, special water. Oh, and uh, one for me. (laughs) Coming up at once, your lordship, just as you ask. Would you like to keep the flask? Probably best if we do. Uh, Now, a room. Somewhere clean uh, that's seen a broom. My back parlour's empty and has just been cleaned. Hmm. 
Sounds perfect. Is it nicely screened? You'll not be disturbed, your lordship, in there. I would certainly hope not to be, with a maiden so fair. <laughs> Come, pretty young thing. I'll keep you away from these drunkards and bullies so prevalent today. <laughs> Put your hand on my arm. There. That's better. An aside to the barman. Uh, do you have a French letter? All out, sir, I'm afraid. I ran out last night. Oh, well, don't tell her. <laughs> she might put up a fight. <laughs> if the worst comes to the worst and she gets one in the oven, she can go and live with that stupid baker and her cousin. <laughs> Conrad swishes the curtain aside to reveal a cosy parlour. Well, this is ideal. Well, sit here, my pretty, and take a sip of this draught. Uh, shall I loosen your collar? Don't be daft. Ladies don't let strangers fiddle with their attire. We don't have to be strangers. Move close to the fire. Isn't that better? Let me put my arm round your waist. Ooh, is that proper? Oh, don't be so chaste. A girl of your background should take what she gets and feel lucky to get it with no regrets. Now hold still a moment while I kiss those cherry lips. I don't know what to do. I'll give you some tips. Put your head back, close your eyes, and think of your home while I run a few tests of my own. Are you a lord or, or a prince from a far-off land with palaces and servants under your command? Uh, yes, I am, as a matter of fact. A lord, not a prince, to be exact. Have you riches and powers beyond mortal belief? Well, now that's going a bit far. I mean, good grief. I'm wealthy, of course, and looked up to by most. Ha, I don't mean to boast. I, I'm not handsome, I know, but I'm attractive in a masculine way. <laughs> People find me interesting. It, it, it's something I convey. Oh, don't stop talking. I love your voice. My dreams come true. You make my heart rejoice. Well, this is a turn up. Uh, you think I'm all right. <laughs> and there was me thinking you'd put up a fight. <laughs> How soon shall we marry? Oh, I must tell my mum. Marry? <laughs> That'd be rum. You're lucky I'm interested enough for some fun. Come on, let's get your top undone. You're not my prince. I don't remember saying that I was. Take me home. How? I'm not the Wizard of Oz. You're disgusting and evil. Oh, what have I done? You've shamed me. Not really. I've hardly begun. Uh, drink some water. That's not water. It's got a funny taste. Don't be silly. Get it down your face. Come on, it's not poison. It'll make you feel nice. A few more sips should suffice. I feel all woozy. A bit funny in my head. Please give me some real water instead. I'll get some in a minute. Uh, finish this first. There, that's better. That'll quench your thirst. So, my dear, shall we play a game? Not just now, if it's all the same. Oh, come, let's have fun. How about whist? Conrad whips out his cards with the flick of a wrist. I don't know that game. I only know snap. Oh, whist is so much more satisfying than that. <laughs> Here, I'll show you. Hold these cards. Hold them tight. Oh, but you must keep them out of my sight. The suspense makes things so much more fun in the end, and victory a much more satisfying mountain to ascend. Now, I lay mine here, and you lay on top. And so we continue. No, don't stop. Gosh, 
That's good. You're a natural, I feel. <laughs> you won that hand. Well, uh, now it's your deal. Don't hold the cards so tight in your fist. That's better. Now you're getting the gist. Now you lay first, and it's my turn to lay on top. Oh, God. Oh, God. I just can't stop. What's going on? Why are you on your knees? Uh, could we try another game, please? <laughs> I forgot what I was doing and dropped my cards in my lap. <laughs> I say, uh, have you got a flannel out there, old chap? This isn't right. I mustn't play with you. You're up to something. Oh, there's a card on my shoe. Oh, that'll clear right up. Uh, now, how about rummy? Or better still, poker. Daddy used to play that with mummy. <laughs> Ruth's brain feels like it's about to explode. She forces herself into a different mode. Her body starts to respond to her will. Her spine shudders as if sensing a chill. Her instincts tell her she needs Conrad Hurt in a place to discourage him dealing more dirt. Her mind goes back to a self-defence class and the mantra for women. Be bold as brass. Don't let him get the upper hand. Give him something for which he hasn't planned. A heel down the shin takes their mind elsewhere. A good poke in the eye and a pull of the hair. And the place that a man finds most painful... She recalls... ...is a firm, hard, unrepentant knee in the balls. Conrad slowly sinks to his knees. His face turns ashen by slow degrees. You bitch! He mumbles as Ruth grabs her coat but anything else gets stuck in his throat. How could you do the things that you've done? The things that you said? The spell that you've spun? When I first saw you, I thought you were a god. But it turns out that you're just a lecherous sod. Taking advantage of young girls like me, who don't realize how evil men can be. My mother warned me against people like you, seeing how many notches they can accrue. So, there'll be one new scratch on your bedpost tonight, but what about me and my plight? I wanted so much more in life than you. I'm leaving now, adieu. Ruth leaves the room and her knees turn to water when she thinks how this lamb came to the slaughter. Oh heavens, help me! Wow, that was quick, my dear. That man in there, he came over queer. He was just doing his thing. What do you expect? But my life is ruined, totally wrecked. I've betrayed my mother. All for true love, some stupid dream I've been thinking of. I came here looking for love, excitement and attention. I got the excitement and attention, but not the love that I mentioned. And the excitement and attention is far overrated. Well, I've had it now. I'm sated. Sated? I've ruined whatever I had. Now hold on there, Missy. Don't look so sad. He may be an evil-minded cad, but with Lady Luck securely on your side, hopefully in time you'll have nothing to hide. I'll... I'll tell no one he's shamed your good name. Go, my dear. You're not to blame. But what about him? That man in there? He won't be out for a while. He wouldn't dare. I pulled his hair and, and scratched his face and need him hard in a private place. Well, good for you. It's no more than he's earned. It's about time he got his fingers burned. I'll spread the word that he didn't succeed, that you got away before he did the deed, that you trumped him first and he got in a flap, tried to cheat him, and you gave him a slap. Now, go back to your stall, I'll say you've gone, and with any luck he'll just move on. So Ruth returns to the pies on her stall. 
to find Conrad's sidekick has eaten them all. Oh, gracious me! Now what have I done? My pies have gone and I've not sold one. With no money this week, we'll starve for sure. I've made Mother destitute, one of the poor. I can't go home amid such shame. I may as well be dead. It's all the same. Has Conrad... Lord Conrad finished with you then, my lady? Any chance that you and I might find somewhere shady? <laughs> I know it's like eating a sweet that's already been started. Oh, uh, excuse me. I, I, I think I've just farted. At least, I hope I have, but, but I'm thinking it's worse. Oh, God, you witch. This is some kind of curse. Your pies have poisoned me. My stomach's in stitches. <gasps> you country women are all evil bitches. Get a policeman! And a doctor, do you hear? Oh, she's not getting away with this. Oh, God, I feel queer. Picture, if you can, a frozen clock where the hands are like icicles that have come to a stop. The face is all frosted. There's mist on our breath. A totally still moment, like death. Look around at these people like statues captured in time that no longer runs but is totally fractured. Sweep out of the market and rush down the streets and out into a countryside where no sheep bleats but whole flocks stand stock still amid crystalline grass where flowers are made of coloured glass. Birds in the air are motionless in flight, a truly awe-inspiring sight. We go into trees which stand like a reef of hardened coral which beggars belief. Here's David standing statuesque by a tree, about to go and have a cup of tea. And though the thoughts in his brain are frozen in time, we can tell he is troubled from his silent mime. His eyebrows are knitted, his mouth has a twist, his shoulders are hunched, his hand grips a fist. Round the corner, his mother sits, her mouth slightly ajar, halfway through calling him in from afar. And who's this stood next to her? Why, it's Naomi, Ruth's mother. Come to ask a favour of Ruth's so-called big brother. So let's melt the clock, kick-start time again, and find out what's happening here in this glen. Oh, David, thank goodness. I know I'm mad, but I'm so pleased I found you. I really am glad. I must beg you to go to town on a mission. I need you to guard over Ruth's expedition. I sent her to market this morning alone, and although I trust her, and I shouldn't moan... She's just such an innocent, with incredible dreams. And that makes me so afraid for her, it seems. Please, go and watch her, and see her back in one piece. Pretend you've gone to market to look at some geese. Will you do that for me, David? Will you go straight away? Oh, don't tell her I sent you, please don't say. David nods, slurps his tea, and grabs his coat from a hook. Don't worry, I'll watch her. I'll have a good look. She won't come to harm while I'm hanging round. I'll see her back safely, back safe and sound. He hurries away between the trees, glad Naomi sought his expertise. Meanwhile, Lord Conrad's coming too, his ego bruised, his testicles too. Well, she was a spirited little go-getter, and that makes me think I could conquer no better. He staggers out of the back room into two Norwegians. Why is that man clutching his nether regions? He looks in pain. Can we help you at all? What? Have you perhaps dislocated a ball? 
My brother did that. It was bad for his carriage. He couldn't stand straight. It affected his marriage. Your brother? Do you mean Christopher or Jürgen? Christoph, of course. The one living in Bergen. Excuse me. Oh, hello. Is there something you need? Conrad brushes past. Oh, just like a Swede. Barman, which way did that little minx dash? I really can't say, sir. I was counting my cash. Well, don't forget my tax at the end of this week. Or you'll be history, so to speak. I wouldn't forget, sir. I know my place. Good. Right now, where is that pretty face? I'll bet she's hiding somewhere in the square. But I'll find her if she's there. Oh, hi, Con... Lord Conrad. Is it time for my beer? Don't be ridiculous. Now, look here. What's that smell? Have you let one go? Well, uh, I thought I had, actually. But the answer's no. Well, something's happened. Is there a corpse in the gutter? No, I don't... Speak to me, man! Don't mutter! I've accidentally passed something more solid. What? Well, liquid, really. That's no less squalid. What do you mean, liquid? Are you taking the mick? What does that mean? Oh, heavens to Betsy. Why are you so thick? It's that girl. Her pies. They poisoned me. How many did you eat? Thirty-three. Definitely poison, then. So did you have some fun? Yes, of course. But then she decided to run. She kicked me in the crown jewels and did a bunk. She's a feisty little number. Full of spunk. (laughs) Oh, it means brave, you stupid idiot. So don't look at me like that. Good Lord, sometimes your head is so fat. Now, help me find her. You start over there. I'll wait over here on on that chair. The crowd aren't as amenable as they were before. Word has spread since Ruth came out of that door. She stood up to him, apparently. What? Didn't do what he asked? No, and now his wickedness is unmasked. But we already know it was wicked. At least I did, I'm sure. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, we knew that before. So then, uh, unmasking wickedness isn't such a surprise? No, you're right, you're right. No, they wise. So she stood up to him, did she? <laughs> That's pretty brave. Yeah, told him to behave. Blimey. Ooh, that makes me thirsty. Don't know about you. You better go to the pub. In fact, I'll come too. Conrad... Lord Conrad, I'm in a bit of a muddle. The crowd seems restless, looking for trouble. There's a woman over there with a look in her eye I'm really not keen on. I can't explain why. And that chap standing there just trod on my foot. I really think we'd be better just staying put. Get behind me, you coward. I'll soon sort him out. Make way, you bluggards, or I'll give you a clout. God, don't stand so close, you smell like a latrine, where hundreds of incontinent cats have been. I can't help it. Those pies were delicious. How could I know the effect would be so vicious? No, of course not. How could you possibly have guessed that 33 pies would be hard to digest? Now just keep downwind of me and clench your bum shut. We don't want to be exposed to any more from your gut. Better still walk in front of me, that'll make the mob part, (laughs) as soon as they become aware of your so-called fart. The crowd slowly parts, but not as wide as before. Conrad and his friend aren't so feared anymore. He's not all he's cracked up to be. Ruth stood her ground. Sixty pence a colour, he's two for a pound. Can't you stop selling your veg for a second? This is a far more important thing, I reckon. Come on, girls, have a look at these brussels. You've got to feed your man something to give him some muscles. Look, just stop for a minute if you're not too hard put. Seriously, there's something more important afoot. 
I got a bit distracted. I had a run on my leaves. Sounds familiar. I haven't had sales like that for weeks. Has something happened that I may have missed? Ruth stood up to Conrad. Oh, I get the gist. Well, that's massive. This could be his comeuppance. After something like this, his rule won't be worth tuppence. Wow. What is that heinous stench? Don't tell me. 1970s. Camping. Uh, the French. Right. Let's get... Where have they gone? They were standing right here. They can't have gone far. They may still be quite near. Speed up. Search the back lanes, footpaths and the park. Spread out. North and south. And come round in an arc. And look out for Ruth. She's very upset. We mustn't let her slip through our net. And we must find her before Conrad does, whatever the cost. Poor thing doesn't know this town well and might be quite lost. Something has happened. There's some sense of change. People look different, nothing strange, but the air feels lighter, much less oppressive, and the mood is positive, not at all aggressive. All the bars empty, and shops stop their trade as people down tools to come to Ruth's aid. Stallholders, shopkeepers, and office workers shake hands as they gather round to finalise their plans. And so the townsfolk set out on their noble quest to save poor Ruth from that wretched pest. Right, come along you two. We're closing up shop. But we've only just got here. Go on. Give us a drop. We need to help Ruth now and sort out this town. Hold elections and get a mayor instead of that clown. What, today? Can't we have a drink first? Oh, go on. Please, landlord, we're dying of thirst. Be off with you. Get out there and help that brave girl. And, and try sobering up. Yeah, give that a whirl. You might find life's better when you think straight and see. And if you need to drink something, try drinking tea. Now hurry, I'm off to find Ruth's cousin and her man. They'll help finish what's just begun. The market square has now emptied, and each stall stands marooned, like TVs showing snowstorms when they've been detuned. A marina full of boats on a day no one sails, or a field of listless horses swishing their tails. It's as if aliens have landed and abducted every soul, leaving a rudderless world out of control. Life without life in. A sweet with no middle. A dog, a moon, a cow, dish and spoon. A cat, but no fiddle. Meanwhile, men roam the streets in chivalrous bands, searching for Ruth to offer a hand. A posse has been sent out to get Conrad as well, to put an end to their living hell. Conrad, come out here, show us your face. You can run, you can hide, but you won't stop the chase. We'll hunt you down, whatever the cost. You're not going to win this one, you've already lost. We're going to clean up this town once and for all. I'll see to it personally with... What's your name? Paul. Yeah, Paul and I think that it's high time you left. Yeah, we're sick of your arrogance, your bullying. Your theft and show your face now or get out for good. We reject you, Conrad. Is that understood? Which one was Conrad? The one clutching his balls. And why have they all abandoned their stalls? I think they don't like him. They want him run out. <gasps> well, it's their town, I suppose. Yes, it's their shout. Should we help them, do you think? Or leave them alone? Well, you know what they say. When in Rome. We'll help you! I'm Ingmar, and this is Lars. Don't be scared, we don't bite, we're not from Mars. We're Norwegian, and guests in your strange, ugly land. And we're only too happy to give you a hand. This Conrad chap, what is his crime? To tell you everything would take too much time. In truth, it's not all his fault. 
We too must take the blame. His power was attractive and we wanted the same. But with Ruth's defiance and him on the one, we've suddenly remembered that life can be fun. It's not all just a competitive sprint of power, it's about living each precious minute in every hour. It's about kissing your children and loving your wife and ensuring that others enjoy their life. When you put it that way, it's a beautiful thing. It makes me just want to sing. Yes, <gasps> but let's save that for one of our long winter nights. <laughs> the sound of his voice has started fights. But who am I to say this? I love him like a brother. I wouldn't change him for any other. I love you too, Ingmar, you silly old fool. We've known each other since the first day of school. We stood in the playground in a queue by a tree. And paid one krona each to watch a girl pee. <laughs> I didn't see much. Neither did I. But I pretended I had. It was better to lie. But come, we have a duty to help this poor waif. Get rid of this Conrad and make the town safe. Ruth, darling, can you hear us? You're all right, sweetheart. Can't you keep up? Sorry, I'm pissed as a fart. We've come to save you from Conrad and see you home safe. You'll be alright with us. We won't leave you alone. We'll get you back to your mum all in one piece. Yeah, we're like special agents. You know, your own private police. <laughs> I know this lane. I've been there before. Yeah, there's a pub down here somewhere. It's got a green door. We should pop in just to show them we haven't forgot. It's only polite, isn't it? Why not? So yeah, Ruth, keep your chin up, we'll be back out in a bit. Yeah, we'll just have one tiny little one, a weeny sip. And so our heroes succumbed to their only vice, leaving Ruth's fate once more to the roll of a dice. I can't believe that my luck has turned, my reputation ruined, my patronage spurned. When I find that girl, she'll suffer, I swear. She'll feel pain beyond compare. And as for the townsfolk, by God they'll pay. They'll wish they'd never seen this day. And the cherry on the cake at this hideous juncture is the company of my friend with his bottom puncher. I've never been witness to a worse funk. The stench from your backside would impress a skunk. Hey, Con Lord Conrad, look, there's some man. Quick, back in this alley and cover your face with your hand. Er, uh, excuse me. Damn, he's seen us. I wonder if you might assist. Us? Oh, yes, why, certainly, that wouldn't be amiss. <laughs> what can we help you with? Well, it's my girl. She's disappeared. Well, describe her to us. Tall, short, fair, dark, fat, thin. Beard? She's beautiful. She, she's wonderful. Her heart is full of light. Is she now? Yes, she's an absolute delight. Does he mean... I think so. Uh, no, there could be a problem here. What's happened? What's wrong? Does she need me? Is she near? What's that smell? Has something died in a drain? Uh, probably, yes. Uh, let's hope for rain. Uh, now, uh, sadly, Ruth... Yes, that's her name. Uh, ...has rather forgotten you. <laughs> I saw her in the pub drinking an ale or two. Uh, she was with some men. It was quite a party. They were very drunk and getting very hearty. Uh, and then I think they went upstairs for a closer inspection of her wells. You're lying. Steady on. Watch it, fella. Take that back. Apologise now or you'll get a whack. I can't believe that Ruth would act that way. Well, we learn something new every day. I'm sorry, but what I tell you is the truth. 
You'd be better off forgetting Ruth. You find yourself a nice, simple lassie who does what she's told and ain't quite so sassy. Conrad, Lord Conrad, there's people over yonder. Right. Well, you have a ponder. I've got some business to which I must attend with my associate here, my good friend. Con Lord Conrad, we need to go now. So, all the best. Uh, bonsoir. Ciao. Conrad's arrow hits the target, and the target shatters. And there poor David stands, his heart in tatters. I can't believe this of my Ruth. I know she had dreams, and to tell the truth, she's too good for me, or, or so I thought. But to behave like that, not as she ought, well, who would have thought? It beggars belief, giving total strangers some kind of debauched relief. I have to see her. Hear the words from her mouth, or send these accusations back south. Hello, young man, you look troubled. A problem, Chef, is heart, not doubled. My brother thought that with his testicle trauma. Christopher again, or Jürgen? Uh, no, the former. He told his wife, who told his physician, who asked him about his peculiar condition. Uh, then insisted on seeing them there and then, for he specialised in the peculiar conditions of men. He took one look, asked him to cough, then whipped out a scalpel and chopped it off. Wow, that's bad. How did his wife take it? Well, in the bedroom department, of course, he had to fake it. His wife didn't notice something like this? Why should she care, so long as she was in bliss? Well, there's a lesson to be learned here. That's for sure. If your testicles ache and you need a cure, the doctor in Bergen is not ideal. He has an unhealthy interest and a penchant for steel. So, young man, do your testicles hurt? Not at the moment. Well... Stay alert. And so our friends from Norway wander off, discussing the medical links between testicles and a cough. David! Ruth! Oh, Ruth, what's been going on? I don't know what you mean. There's nothing wrong. I've heard it, Ruth. All about you in that pub. Behaving like you're employed in some club... Making a fool of yourself and taking men's money like some cheap, trashy honey. Tell me it's not true. Please say it's a lie. I couldn't bear it if it was. I'd rather die. What's it to you how I behave? You're not my boyfriend, Dave. Wait a second. Now just hold on. Something queer is going on. Are you... I can't say now. Anyway, it's too late, you cheap cow. Dare you come here and accuse me of such squalor, like I'd ever do that for a dollar? And how come you're spying on me? Did my mum set you up? And you came running like a little pup? I came here, Ruth, because we were all very worried. And rightly so, for your reputation's sullied. I see you don't deny it, doing those things. I'm sure you know what that kind of behaviour brings. I don't want you anymore. Not like this. I can't save you from this abyss. And I wouldn't bother going home if I was you. You'd not be welcome after that debut. David, why did you never say? I had no idea you felt that way. And now you hate me because you think I'm cheap. Oh, this is just too deep. You hate me, I hate me. I hate what I've done to you and to me and to my mum. I've nothing left to give you now. It's been taken away somehow. You were my prince all along. I just never heard your song. When I came here, I had everything, and I threw it all away. What a bloody awful day. 
she deserves what she gets. I'm well out with her. Anyway, she won't go home. She wouldn't dare. I'll, I'll find another girl to love and to cherish. Who does as she's told and isn't so garish. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's made my decision. No more rejection, no more derision. I'm happy now. It's like a weight has been lifted. I deserve better. I'm talented. No, gifted. I want a girl who's beautiful and fun, with a glint in her eye and her, and her hair full of sun. Who runs, giggles, dances, and is full of life. That's who I want to be my wife. She needs to be pure, but have balls of steel. In a girly way, I mean, and they're not real. And there's a girl out there who fits this description. It's obvious to anyone, there's no encryption. The girl I want, and and this is the truth, is Ruth. It breaks my heart that she's done these things. Because she yanks my chain. She pulls my strings. I need to go somewhere and think this through. My head is in a total stew. Somewhere away from this horrible town. Somewhere I can sit down. Our two heroes wander like lost souls in the dark, drawn inevitably towards the park. Picture a scene, if you can, if you will, of a lake in a park with a tree on a hill, of dew on green grass and the smell of spring showers, of birds and small insects visiting flowers. But was that the sound of distant thunder? A storm is brewing, I shouldn't wonder. Ruth stands by the lake and makes not a sound as a tear from her cheek gently falls to the ground. Her reflection is motionless on the surface of the water. An ignorant lover, a failed daughter, drawn by the lights and the promise of fun as a moth to a flame, Icarus to the sun. Slowly she steps away from her shoes, drawn into the water. An artist's muse, she looks so beautiful, like a Rembrandt oil, holding up her dress so that it won't spoil. As the first spots of rain gently pepper the lake, making tiny ripples that shimmer and quake. It's so cold. My feet ache through to the bone. They look so pale, such a ghostly tone. Look, my knees are shaking beneath my dress. I can feel the icy fingers of death's caress. The water now has climbed to Ruth's waist. Her beautiful face is expressionless, spaced. Her knees buckle as she prepares to sink fast, released from her shame and regrets at last. Not so fast, you heartless cow. This kind of escape we won't allow. You'll bend to my will and be sure to do it. You thought you'd won, but no, you blew it. My rule must be reinstated in this godforsaken town and the middle classes beaten back down. And you're going to tell them that I've had my way. You'll tell them who's boss and you'll tell them today. The rain is now heavier, the lake surface grey as distant mountains are silhouetted in a lightning display. Leave me. Please leave me to die on my own. Have some pity. Leave me alone. 
Not a chance, my girl. I still want my fun. I like to finish what I've begun. This time, it's poker. Seven cards stud. Three down, four up, here in the mud. Stop right there, Conrad, and leave me alone. You, you incorrigible monster. You're like a dog with a bone. How dare you speak to me like that, you insubordinate tart. You'll feel the lick of my cat. Conrad uncoils his whip and digs in his heel. Ruth backs away. Right, now, deal. Never. You got away last time, but this time it's for real. Come on, piggy, squeal. I got away last time. You mean nothing occurred? My virtue's intact, my good name is not slurred. So I didn't trump you. I may have dropped my cards, but this time I won't let down my guard. I have a brand new pack of cards marked in my favour. Boy, this one I'm going to savour. Now, here's your cards. You hold them there in your hand. Now, I open my cards. Let them gently expand. Now, you've got a three, four of hearts and a six. I've got two queens and a knave. You're in a fix. I may get a full house. Or even a four. Oh, who knows what's in store. Now, let's turn our cards over one by one. You first. Five of hearts. Oh, <laughs> that's lucky for some. Now, I've got a, another queen. Well, three of a kind. <laughs> I could do this blind. And you have a, a seven of spades. It's a straight. Wow. <laughs> wow. Next card seals my fate. Well, would you believe it? A jack. Full house! <laughs> oh, you've gone as quiet as a mouse! Your turn. It's ten. Oh, now that is a shame. I have a ten too. <laughs> what a fun game. Last chance for both of us. We've both got one left. Cheer up, Ruth. You look so bereft. Look, I'll turn first. There. A silly old eight. One fat lady without her mate. The sort you see drunk in pubs. And your last card is the seven of hearts. What? What? You've cheated. You've cheated. I don't understand. You you some devious sleight of hand. Oh, shut up, you arrogant, jumped-up twerp. With the sex appeal of a baby's burp. I should have realised you didn't have the gumption to put any woman up to the junction. You're pathetic, a loser, a degenerate wimp. I'd be surprised if you could outwit a chimp. You marked the cards and even then got it wrong. I should have realised all along. Go and hold hands with your smelly friend. Now there's a relationship I can comprehend. Like two peas in a pod or some rotten fruit. You're totally laughable. A right thing. A crack of thunder rents the air, momentarily shocking the pair. Now that's it. I've had enough of your cheek. How dare you comment on my technique? Let me go. I can't breathe. I need some air. What? You think I care? You won't be missed around here, my sweet. But don't worry on my account. I'll be quite discreet. A rock and some rope and you'll sink like a stone. Are you looking forward to your watery home? Anyway, two minutes ago, that's what you wanted. Why are you suddenly feeling so daunted? I'm doing you a favour. You should be more grateful. What's that? Pardon? Oh, now that sounded hateful. Now, try again, but more nicely this time. 
Anyone would think I was committing a crime. The storm reaches a climax with the rain pelting down, totally drenching Ruth's thin gown. Her tear-stained face is washed by the rain as Conrad inflicts his pain. More forks of lightning with a thundercrack. A dark figure appears behind Conrad's back. Stop right there, Conrad. You've gone far enough. Let Ruth alone, or I'll have to get rough. Ruth's cousin stands defiant in the rain. Conrad, you are such a pain. She's the devil. Uh, She's possessed. I'm cleansing her soul, so leave us alone. Take a stroll. The beast is defiant, and I have to be tough. You can't be half-hearted with this stuff. Release her now, or my husband will come, and he will beat you until your head goes numb. He's standing over yonder, between the gate and that tree. Look, you can see him. He's big, isn't he? And what's more, he doesn't like you, Conrad. There's a bit of a grudge. He wants to kill you, really. But it's all right. He won't budge. At least, not till I say so. He loves me, you see. He respects my wishes, thinks of me. He cares about my feelings. He looks after my kid. He's my best friend and my lover. And he don't care what I did. This is really most interesting, and and had I the time, I'd love to just sit and listen to you over a glass of wine. Shut up, Conrad, I haven't finished. My husband's anger hasn't diminished. Look, he's shaking, and his fists are like hammers. The last bloke he had a word with still stammers. Never got the use of his legs back, of course, but he still gets about on his neighbour's horse. Well... He did get about. He's in an asylum now. Thinks he's a purple cow. You see, my husband doesn't like it when I get upset. It makes him really fret. Well, as it turns out, I have a little time at hand, uh, so please continue your story as planned. The rain has backed off slightly to a steady drizzle as Conrad's rage abates to a fizzle. Well, what I did, you see, was a stupid thing. I played a game with a man for the promise of a ring. He begged and begged for me to play a game of poker. And when at last I agreed, he played his joker. But he wasn't very good. And in the end, dropped his cards. But it was too late. I'd let down my guard. Somehow, he had his way. And do you know, from that very day, I swore I'd see him beg for my pardon. And to this end, my heart has hardened. I'm guessing I'm the beau who stole your youth. Well, there's been a few, if I tell the truth. But I'm not at all sorry for what I've done. It's my birthright and my nature. And it was a lot of fun. For you, perhaps, with your selfish ambition. Inheriting your father's tradition... Abusing and using for your own means and ends, regardless of modern ways and trends. And like your father before you, you sired a kid. Oh, didn't you know that's what you did? On that shameful day when you tricked my heart, telling me I was so smart. 
and that you'd waited for someone like me for years. And I listened. God, I was all ears. So you had a kid, big deal. What are you expecting me to feel? Oh, I get it. You want money or to make some kind of claim. Perhaps you want to give it my name. Well, I'm sorry, my dear. You can't prove I'm the dad. Who knows how many games you've had. That small girl standing next to my husband over there has your eyes and your hair. Besides, you were my first. And <laughs> my last for quite a while. Well, until Thomas walked me down the aisle. So, that's my daughter. I... Are you sure? Please, Conrad, try to be mature. I, I don't know what to say. I feel strange inside. Gosh. Wow. I, I just nearly cried. Don't get your hopes up, Conrad. She may be your seed, but her dad's standing next to her. Don't it make your heart bleed? They're inseparable. Best mates. Makes me want to cry. My man and my little lady. Goodbye. Please let me see her, Belinda. I'm sorry. You can't leave now in such a hurry. You see, I remember your name. I hadn't forgotten. I, I know what I did was really rotten. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Belinda. Please. Just let me see her. Don't, don't be a tease. Just... Ask your husband to take a walk. All I want to do is talk. She's gone. They've gone. My heart... My heart is shattered. I had no idea that this mattered. Oh, God! God help me! What can I do? Conrad, if your daughter knew about you, what would she think? Do you think she'd be proud? Do you think she'd want to shout your name out loud? You've no morals or principles that serve anyone but you. No one likes you. That's true. Why would a daughter be proud of that? I would have been. You were a brat. What can I do? Please. My heart is rent. That's the consequences of a youth misspent. How would you like it if when she reaches her teens, she meets some man, a prince it seems, who breaks her heart and steals her life, with no intention of making her his wife, with someone like you, some wealthy player, some banker or landlord or city mayor who treats your daughter like you treated me, throwing her back like a fish into the sea. Would you like that, Conrad? For your flesh and blood. Think of her sweet face being pushed into the mud, her tear-stained cheeks, her torn dress, her hopes shattered, her life a mess. Translate what you do into how she would feel. Doesn't it just make you real? Shut up. I know. Shut up, please. You're torturing me by slow degrees. Oh, God, it hurts. I'm in such pain. I don't think my heart can take the strain. What can I do? How can I make amends? 
Well now, that depends. You need to start again and learn to love. It's others you should be thinking of. Prove yourself, live blameless for a year, help those you've wronged and change your career. Come back to me then, with proof you've done well, and I'll tell you where Belinda and Thomas dwell. It's up to you then to win their trust and meet the consequences of your lust. You've given me something I don't deserve. I thank you, without reserve. I shall give away my money to those I have wronged, and enter a monastery and sing some songs. I'll pray for the needy and attend to the sick, oh, and beat myself regularly with a stick. I shall wear sackcloth and eat gruel and travel about on a fat mule. I'll take a vow of silence for a month or two, drink my own pee and bury my poo. I'll I'll grow herbs, write poems and brew a liqueur. I'll, I'll be patient, penitent, silent and demure. I shall return next spring, a totally changed man, you'll see. There, that's my plan. And so Conrad gives Ruth a soft kiss and departs, no longer master of the dark arts. Ruth stands by the lake, a woman alone, wondering whether or not to go home. Meanwhile, David, who has just entered the park, meets with an unwelcome remark. Hey, loser! You mean me? Yeah, you with the smock. Uh, Go away, please. I've had enough. Please don't mock. Your girlfriend's put Conrad under a spell. He's changed. He's really not well. He's just left for a monastery, distributing money. And quite frankly, that isn't funny. Ruth! Have you seen her? Is she somewhere around here? She might be. She might be very near. But you'll never see her. In this world, at least. Oh, did I not mention? Yeah, she's deceased. Who's dead? You're lying. There's no way that's true. Really? Says who? The fight is short and hard with plenty of blood. Conrad's sidekick limps away, leaving David face down in the mud. After a while... He staggers towards the tree with broken ribs and a fractured knee. His eyes are blur with sweat and dirt. He stands swaying gently in his bloodied shirt. Ruth, all this time, has been standing by the lake, sadly contemplating her fate. The last drops of rain fall and the lake surface clears as the final act nears. Ruth feels David's presence and looks up through her tears. She longs to be with him, whatever she fears. She runs across the grass as he totters and falls. Her pace quickens. David! Ruth! He whispers, gasping for air. Hold me close to you. Stroke my hair. Lift up my head. There, David. What happened? Who did this to you? Conrad's smelly friend. Oh, he would too. I can't breathe, Ruth. I can't seem to get air. Oh, David, please don't despair. I love you, Ruth. Oh, David, I know. I just never let you tell me so. I have to tell you before it's too late. But the things I've done... I could never hate. You had dreams, Ruth, which I can't condemn. I I just wish I'd been part of them. It's getting colder. Please don't go. Don't leave me, Ruth. I love you so. I must get help, David, before it's too late. I don't want to die alone. That can't be your fate. Stay with me, Ruth. 
That's all I ask. I know that it's a difficult task. David, this is simply not going to be. You're going to live and be with me. You're the hero of my dreams. I was just looking in the wrong place, it would seem. You are the prince that sweeps me off my feet. You are my love. You make me complete. I... really? Save your breath, David. Now let's get you to your feet. We're going to make it. There's no way I'm beat. I don't... Shut up and hobble. But... Seriously, David, there is no time to squabble. I love you, David, and you're coming with me. No, it's just that my knee... Can you breathe all right now? Yes, I think. Well, good. Yes, your lips are quite pink. Should we test them to see if the feeling's returned? What? Don't you think it's something I've earned? Are you suggesting... I might be. Okay. We should kiss. You're crazy. I may be. Well, I am today. It's not every day you learn lessons like these. I couldn't see the wood for the trees. We'll go home together, David, you and I, and live beneath the woodland sky. No, Ruth. That wouldn't be right. You've got ambition. You've seen a light. Just take me with you. That's all I want. And together we can do this crazy job. And so they lived in the city with the city folk. And for a time became a part of that concrete joke. They had mobile phones and cars, a swish flat, a couple of goldfish and a lazy cat. They argued with neighbours about parking their car popped into their local on quiz nights for a quick jar, fell out in restaurants over who said what first, or whether what he said was as bad as what she said, or worse, ran out of money, ate rice for a week, went to wine bars and became part of that clique, laughed in cinemas at the serious bits, ate rich food in cafes and got the squits, brought each other cups of tea, laughed till they thought they'd wee cried at sad films, locked in each other's arms, took friends' kids to city farms, walked home hand in hand late at night and played cards together until first light. And when we got tired, tired of the fun, we went back home to my mum and built a house and had some babies. There was no more time for ifs and maybes. We returned to our roots in the woods, like the trees, with the smell of moss on the gentle breeze. He grows his vegetables, has raised a pig and a goat. She keeps chickens and ducks on a moat, and when it's dark, it's dark. So we go to bed, and at first light, as the sun begins to show its head, we wake and play cards, and then go feed our stock. He waters his vegetables, and she talks to her flock. And they spend their days as God has intended, human and nature, perfectly blended. And when their children ask what it's like in the big city, where the people are so smart and the lights are so pretty, Ruth sits them down and says, Why haven't you heard? Now listen carefully to the ballad of a bird. Ballad of a Bird was written by Adrian Prater and is a Hot Buckle production, featuring the voices of Adrian Prater, Gemma Aston and Matilda Prater with original music by Adrian Prater. To listen to more Hot Buckle productions, please visit www.hotbuckle.co.uk Thank you for listening. <laughs>